Welcome back to the dumbest podcast ever. This is episode six of Lore You Can't Explore, a podcast where we steal the story rocks from the Gnome King. My name is Corbin. My name is Josh. Okay, Corbin, what are we talking about in today's episode? We're talking about Return to Oz, the far sequel to, or unofficial sequel to Wizard of Oz. Return to Oz was directed by Walter Murch, and it was released in 1985, which is something like 46 years after Wizard of Oz was released. Corbin, do you want to give us a summary of Return to Oz? Well, we, we returned to the world of Kansas six months after Dorothy got back from Oz, and then Dorothy returns to Oz through some intro stuff, and then she finds the Emerald City destroyed, Land of Oz and Ruins, and she's like, oh no! And then so she goes to the Emerald City... And then finds that the Gnome King turned everyone to stone and everything. So she has to go find the Gnome King to defeat him and save the Scarecrow that he kidnapped. So they can bring the Emerald City back with magic and splendor and all that noise. I like how you said she returns to the world of Kansas, as if Kansas isn't (laughs) in our world. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I said return to the world that I was like, of Kansas, right? (laughs) But... Moving on, how would you rate <laughs> Return to Oz? Um, it's not great. I didn't like it. It's like one to zero. I don't know. The first part made me uncomfortable. The rest of it was kind of just wild and disjointed, and it felt weird. And I hope we we watch like a good movie next time. But we'll see. We'll see what we do. So the first Wizard of Oz movie that was really loosely based on the first Oz book. And Return to Oz follows the second and third books in the Oz series by L. Frank Baum. And it's much closer to the books, apparently. I have not read the books. But that doesn't really excuse how bad the movie is. The beginning of the movie, Dorothy's strapped to a bed in an insane asylum, and they're going to use shock therapy on her? That's the uncomfortable bit I was talking about. (laughs) And then there are these wacky creatures named Wheelers. Though There's nothing really good about this movie except... Some of the uh, claymation they use for the Gnome King, that most of that's pretty good. Honestly, yeah, I have to admit that. However, the uh, the plot is not great, and none of the characters are too great, except for TikTok. TikTok is a king. I love TikTok so much. I would also give it like a one out of ten, maybe. But and we have another disclaimer. Even though this technically isn't a sequel to it and isn't supposed to be considered a direct sequel. We're going to consider them in the same universe. We have to. Legally. At the same time, this movie contradicts the first one in a couple of places. One, the Tin Man gets his limbs chopped off and then replaced with tin, and that's how he existed? Yeah, like a witch enchanted his axe, and he kept chopping off his limbs, and was apparently just like a regular guy before. Yeah, so that's wild. And then two is that all animals talk like because instead of bringing the adorable dog, she brings a dumb chicken to Oz and the chicken talks. But Toto didn't talk in the first movie. Really, in the first Wizard of Oz, talking animals seems to be the exception, not the rule. Yeah, we only see one talking animal, and that's the lion. Yeah, and he's more humanoid than any other animal. So now is the point in the podcast where we decide whether or not we can keep our grand theory from last episode. Also, if you didn't listen to last episode, go listen to that one before this, or none of this is going to make sense. Give us more clicks. We feed off the clicks. 
So do you think we can keep the Munchkin Mayor theory? Just to reiterate, last episode, we said that the Munchkin Mayor was behind everything and has the ability to give out powers. And in doing so, he creates this power structure that places himself secretly at the top. And he's kind of the puppet master pulling the strings and making the world how he wants it to be. Do you think we can still keep that for this movie? Or do you think there are things that directly contradict it? I think we can keep it, but we have to accept one thing is that the Gnome King is outside of the Munchkins. Like, he didn't get his powers from the Munchkin. He's outside of his sphere of influence. Yes, he didn't get his powers from the Munchkin Mayor, but he still has. He was just born with them. Really? Why Why wouldn't he get his powers from him? Well, I mean, because he, he overthrows the Munchkin Man, Munchkin Mayor. I think he overthrows what's going on in Oz but not the Munchkin Mayor himself. I think the Munchkin Mayor is out doing his own thing, laying low. But but all the Munchkins were destroyed. Well, he was okay with the Munchkins being oppressed before. Yeah, fair. And now that we've decided we can keep our theory from last time, I want to talk about what was going on before the Munchkin Mayor showed up. There seemed to be monarchy going on in Oz at some point before the uh, Munchkin Mayor's scheme that took the kingdom of Oz and replaced it with witches and wizards. Yeah, because there's a character in the movie, Ozma, which is the daughter of the king of Oz, which got deposed before the wizard take power or took power, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Because they say she's the rightful heir to the throne. Yeah, but then, so did the wizard kill the king or... Was the king just disposed and the wizard took up the power vacuum? Hmm. Uh, maybe the Munchkin Mayor had some sort of mysterious circumstances take out the king at the same time that he granted powers to the wizard. And they're like, well, this guy seems like a good fit. And they just like swapped him. And that's why he gave Mombi, uh, the new witch we see in the movie, the power to enchant the rightful queen into a mirror. Oh, so he could get rid of the monarchy. So he could put his witches and wizards into power. Yeah, so one of the witches, Mombi, is given the power to dispose of the monarchy. Yes. But see, the thing is, they made the Scarecrow the king after the wizard left Oz in a balloon. Yeah, I think maybe we've moved into like the next phase in the Munchkin Mayor's plan. Where he, the wizard and witch system is kind of crumbling and he's moving back to monarchy. Okay. Because it's more stable, maybe. There's less power struggles or something, because I can see witches and wizards not always getting along. Yeah, and, and like, maybe the people will follow a monarch more than they would follow a wizard. Yeah. And the Scarecrow was kind of a hero. And anyway, speaking of the witch Mombi, what's up with her? What are her powers exactly? Because we see her do a couple of things in the movie. Well, Josh, she can take off heads of other people and wear them as her own. Because everyone in Oz was turned to stone by the Gnome King. And she took some heads from the people. Uh, she could enchant people into mirrors. And so that kind of creates a portal into our world because we see Ozma in our world. Yeah, I think she was given the power to enchant people into mirrors by the Munchkin Mayor. Yeah. Right? As a way to get rid of the old monarchy. So how one witch had monkeys, this witch has wheelers. Yeah, the wheelers don't ever do anything. They just 
yell at Dorothy sometimes, and but they never do anything harmful. At least the monkeys, like, kidnapped Dorothy, and they, like, dropped the Tin Man from a ways up. Yeah. So, wheelers suck. Anyways, moving on. Wait, that also can go with our theory from last time that their powers might be connected to whether you're a wicked witch or a good witch. How so? Like, you're, it's predetermined what you're going to be by the mm. Munchkin Mayor. Because you have, you like, powers that are, like, can pretty much just be used for bad things or evil purposes if you're going to be a wicked witch. Yes. Like, decapitating people and stealing their heads and throwing them into mirrors would be evil things to do. Yeah. So she's a wicked witch. I see, I see. So whether you're good or wicked isn't anything about you, but it's decided by the Munchkin Mayor what you're going to be. <laughs> I guess he judges your character and he's like, you're bad. So Mumby also has this magic item, and that's the powder of life. Bum, 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 bum. It brings things to life, if you didn't catch that. If you say the magic words, way, tay, and pay. So we see it used one time in the movie. The head of the creature is a gump, but the creature itself is made of a lot of different stuff, like a cart and some like palm branches. So what it can, what the powder of life can bring to life is very, can be very abstract as long as it has like at least some organic matter. Also, you know, I just realized, wait, why didn't they use the powder of life to like bring back the stone people? Well, because they were still alive, just stuck in stone. No, no, no. You know how Mombi got all of her heads? I think it's explained in the movie how Mombi got all of her heads is using the powder of life. Hmm. If that's the case, I don't know why they wouldn't just use it on the others. Um, maybe they just... No, I think they used the rest of it on uh, Gump. Oh, it was in very low supply. Yeah, so they just used the rest of it on Gump, so they didn't have any left. That's why they didn't use it. There we go, we solved that. But possibly it might have been in a higher supply at some point, because I think that fits with our theory. Like, maybe the powder of life was what was used to bring things like the Scarecrow, and maybe Tin Men or other things to life yeah like servants of the world like automatons you know who made the people of the emerald city into stone in the first place was the gnome king Ooh, good transition yes thank you very much i'm trying very hard <laughs> gnomes are a, a rock race in oz of rock people and it, and it's spelled it's not spelled g n o m e s it's n o m e s anyways that's i thought that was important to say and the people of oz stole the emeralds for the Emerald City from the rock people, I guess the gnomes were in ownership of the rocks because they live underground and in caves or in different areas, maybe. I would argue that they probably didn't steal. So I don't know if they necessarily intentionally stole the emeralds. But the Gnome King seems to think those emeralds were in possession of gnomes. Yeah. Before the uh, people of Oz took them. Yeah. And so that's why he destroyed the Emerald City and took all their emeralds back in to his caves and all the gnomes seem to be able to communicate like they be able to jump from one rock to another and they can go very long distances very quickly and relay information to the gnome king yes very efficient people and the gnome king right yes king of the gnomes king of the gnomes he also has a weakness in the movie eggs it doesn't seem to relate to what a gnome is or anything about his powers in any way so this is like a racial weakness so do like do other races in Oz have these weaknesses like the flying monkeys did they have like a weakness that we just didn't know about or the humans is their weakness like low fat ice cream <laughs> that is my weakness <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think every race has a specific weakness. I think just some races have innate weaknesses or things that are very, very harmful to them. Yeah. In this case, eggs are harmful to gnomes. What is the Gnome King's power anyway? Like, what can he do? Transmute through rocks, become very big, turn people into trinkets? But I don't know if that's... Well, I think the trinkets are from the ruby slippers because it said the gnome king found the ruby slippers from dorothy because dorothy is a big dum-dum and she dropped them on her way back to kansas the first time i guess and also she dropped them on the second time too apparently and that's a great transition to our next topic which is ruby slippers we can confirm our theory with the ruby slippers though that they grant wishes because the gnome king basically does whatever the frick he wants with them yeah, he like conquers the Emerald City and he turns everybody to stone and he tears up the old brick road. And he does, yeah, pretty much whatever he wants. But there's one stipulation. He doesn't ever directly kill people, right? Yeah, because he turns into stone, turns them into trinkets, uh, and then, I mean, doesn't kill them, I guess. Yeah, they're turned into or- ornaments and not just like killed. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think magic in the world can actually kill people at all? From magic, I don't think anyone dies in either movie. Like in the first movie, we see the Wicked Witch of the East die by house, and the Wicked Witch of the West die by water, which is her weakness. And in the second movie, we see the Gnome King die by egg. We see a Wheeler die by the, the Deadly Desert, which is a desert that if you touch it, you turn to sand. And he turns to sand, so that's from the environment. The only problem I have with that theory is that you could argue that the Deadly Desert, I would argue that's kind of magic. If you touch the sand, you turn to sand. But that might be an ancient, powerful magic that can actually kill things. But Well, you're killed by the environment in that case. Yeah. I think that's just part of the world. I guess. You're not killed by another person's use of magic. Fair enough. Because we, we never see the Gnome King kill people with the slippers. It's just he turns them into ornaments. Wait. I just remembered something, a crucial plot point. The less, because there's a plot point in the movie where the less people that remember the Emerald City, the more human the Gnome King turns, I guess. Yeah, maybe he was cursed into being a gnome? Maybe, because all the rest of the gnomes don't really like take that human of a form and don't seem that powerful. So maybe this was a person who got granted powers by the Gnome King. Or not the Gnome King, sorry. By the Munchkin Mayor. And, but then got cursed somehow by another witch into being a gnome. Yeah, maybe he was a witch or a wizard somewhere. And through some power struggle at some point before the movie happens, he gets cursed and becomes a gnome. I guess. And then, and then he wants to become a human because he's more powerful would he really be more powerful as a human? He seems much more powerful as a gnome. Well, I think he can, like, walk around and stuff. Because gnomes seem kind of only limited to rock. That's fair. Maybe he just wants to return to his old form. And then once he's in his old form, he'll have his old powers back. Yeah, maybe that's it. Okay, that's kind of explained. That's easier. But why is it tied to the Emerald City, though? Like, people remembering the Emerald City. Before the Wizard of Oz was named the Wizard of Oz. Okay. <laughs> The Gnome King was set to be the person in power, right? Oh, Before I Before he was a gnome. He was just going to be a king. Hmm, I see. However, the Munchkin Mayor didn't really want him to be king. 
So he had someone curse him to be underground. Oh, maybe he thinks the emeralds are his because he was going to be the king. So he was going to own all the emeralds. So he thinks he deserves them. There was some plan in place to build this grand city of emeralds. And in a move of irony, the Munchkin mayor decides to make him live amongst the emeralds underground Mm. that they're about to mine up. I see. So this had to happen like way before even the first movie, right? Possibly. We don't know where exactly the timeline happened, but we know he somehow made the Munchkin Mayor angry. He did something that made yeah. him angry. So then, so then that's why he explains he wants to usurp everything and become like the ruler and like usurp the Munchkin Mayor. That's why the Munchins, Munchkins were massacred. He somehow figured out what's going on through his rock communication system. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's a Munchkin. Oh, he's a munch. So he started killing all the munchkins, but then the munchkin mayor, of course, got away because he's the munchkin mayor. Yeah. So what's the munchkin mayor doing now? What's he up to? I think he's just hiding away. And I think he somehow got events to roll to summon Dorothy because he knew she could take him down. Oh, did she send that key at the start of the movie to Dorothy in Kansas? Well, maybe to help her to like kind of plant the seed, you know? She, when she escapes the asylum and floats in the river, she gets sent to Oz somehow. Yeah, he's aware of where the portals are and how to cross back and forth to Oz. I think that explains all right, that explains that little little conundrum. The Munchkin Mayor likes to use Dorothy as his little pawn to uh, take out those he doesn't deem friendly anymore. Yeah. Those he wants to unseat from their positions of power. Dorothy's just a, a pawn in his bigger plans, constantly taking down rulers. <laughs> So, where's the Munchkin Mayor now? He's hiding. What's he up to? Planning. So, the Munchkin Mayor is getting ready to return. Where he will rise in glory and reveal his true self to the world. And, will he? I don't know. The Munchkin Mayor likes to be behind the scenes, though. He's had enough of his people being mistreated oh i see munchkins will be the new ruling class is ozma a secret munchkin because she's so small no she's a child no well never mind (laughs) 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 um well that's it we've we've solved return to oz corbin wrap this up for us uh so we got oh my gosh we talked about hmm Magic can't kill things. Uh, Gnome King was human, now not human, then got killed by Egg. Uh, The Munchkin Mayor was going to be killed because the Gnome King found him out, but then he's like hiding with his people and going to plan to rise and take over. Dorothy is a pawn of the Munchkin Mayor, and he sends her to kill monarchs and get rid of them. Uh, Is there anything I'm missing? And the Ruby Slippers can grant wishes, we confirmed. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess. That's Return to Oz for you. Anyways, follow us on Twitter at... The Lore Podcast. Yeah, I always forget it. I don't remember it, but that's the one. Shout out to our one fan again. Thank you very much for listening. And that's going to do it for our Return to Oz podcast. Until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Corbin. And this has been Lore You Can't Explore. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 